Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks to our praise team, our choir, all of you for worshiping this morning. He is worthy, and He is. He's worthy. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. I want to share with you a sermon that I've entitled, The Greatest Compliment for a Dad. The Greatest Compliment for a Dad. Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 19. Let me read this passage and then we'll go back and look at it in depth a little. Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. He saddled his ass. He took two of his young men or with him, and Isaac his son, and clave wood for the burnt offering, he rose up and he went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and, and I, or I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. Now just imagine this scene and what God has asked Abraham to do. Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, Here I am, I my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They came to the place where God had told of, and Abraham built an altar there, and he laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand, he took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon thy lad, Neither do thou any thing unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went, and he took the ram, and he offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. Now here's Abrahamic covenant that you hear so much about throughout 
Old Testament, New Testament. Here it is, verse 17. He said, I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And so Abraham returned his young men, and they rose up and went together to Bathsheba. And Abraham dwelt at Bathsheba. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to open your word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for our worship service and how you spoke to our hearts during our singing, a time of worship and song and praise, hymns, testimonies, prayer. And now, Father, help us to listen intently, Lord, as you speak to us through your word. Father, we pray we might be obedient to your Holy Spirit. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is Father's Day, a day that we've set aside to honor fathers. And fathers will be honored in a number of ways. We'll be, numbered, we'll be honored perhaps by having a special lunch or going out to a restaurant. Maybe you've already received a card. I've received a card this morning. Or maybe you've received a gift. Uh, some of you, uh, all, I received a gift last night. Uh, my daughter said, Dad, I have a gift. I want to share I want, to sh- I want to give it to you where I can explain it. Now, I'm kind of, when somebody has to explain the gift to me. <laughs> and so I said, okay. So Judah presented me the gift. And inside this bag was this jar. And, and of course, a very thoughtful person. I have problem with arthritis from time to time. My hand, especially when I shake hands with Justin Morgan. Is he still in here? Yeah, the, there he is. <laughs> Uh, no, but little aches and pains here. And she had, she very thoughtful. She got me some of this pain cream. She got some pain cream. And uh, I was kind of hesitant about it at first. But the ingredient is made out of peanut butter. I mean, that was one of the ingredients. And I thought to myself, peanut butter. I'm going to enjoy this, this pain cream. But I found out there are other ingredients. And so... Um, Last night, I tried that before I went to bed, and, and it worked pretty good, I have to admit that. So she, got me, she gave me that gift, that pain cream, and I appreciate that. Now, you may be getting gifts. You may be getting maybe a mug, maybe one of those mugs with or a shirt or one of those caps that says, World's Greatest Dad, you know, and you feel real good about that, and your children think that, and that's what's important if your children think that. Because when you go outside, you'll see 50 or other, 50 plus other men that has world's greatest dad on there. And, and so we've got a lot of world's greatest dads, according to our children, and that's all that matters. Well, you know, uh, I believe the greatest honor that any of us could have as a, a father or just a man in general would be to have God to say to us the same thing that he said to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, 12, notice what he said. He says, For now I know that thou fearest God. Would God be able to say that about you? That's the question I ask myself. Would God be able to say 
Now I know that you fear God. Now that word fear means reverence. It means, it means faith. Now I know that you have faith in God. Now I know that you trust God. Now I know you reverence God. Now God knew at the beginning how Abraham, he's all-knowing, he knew how he would act, but now it wasn't so much to let God know about Abraham, but it was for Abraham to know about himself if he really trusted God or had faith in God. So this morning, I'm speaking to fathers, I'm speaking to all men in general, I'm speaking to everyone, really. No greater compliment could ever be given than to have holy God to say, now I know that you trust God, I know that you have put your faith in God, not so much for God to know it, but for us to know it. Now, for Abraham to receive that compliment, that honor, certain things had to take place in his life. For God to be able to say that about us, certain things will have to take place in our life. For us to be aware that we really fear God, that we really trust God, that we really have our faith in God. Now notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that, Ab- that God tempted Abraham. A better translation is that God tested Abraham. In the Hebrew word, that word for, for tempt in the Hebrew is nasah, which really is translated test. So God wasn't tempted him as we think of the devil tempting someone, but God was testing him. The point is, true faith is always tested. True faith is always tested. Now, you've heard me say several times, some of you, that that, you know, you may say you have faith. If I ask everyone, how many, how many of you have faith this morning? Perhaps all of us would raise our hand. Yes, I have faith. But there, there's a faith that we say we have. Then there is a faith that we actually have when our faith is called on. And so there will come a time in your life and my life where our faith will be called on And it will either be a say-so faith or it will be a sound biblical faith in the Lord God Almighty. And so one day your faith is going to be tested. And you'll demonstrate, I'll demonstrate that sound biblical faith or it will be just a say-so faith. So the point is, it's only through a test that we discover what kind of faith that we have. And so there has been a test appointed for you and for me. Not just one, but perhaps several. And so we have a test appointed. Now, Abraham had been tested prior by his family. He'd been tested by his nephew Lot. You remember there when they entered the well-watered plains, or before they entered, he gave... uh, Lot an opportunity. He said, Lot, which, what do you want? Do you want the barren desert or you want the well-watered plains? And so God was perhaps testing Abraham in regards to the well-watered plains as something that wouldn't be so good for him. And Lot took up, you know, I'll take the well-watered plains. And so 
He was tested by his nephew, Lot. He was tested by his wife. You remember what happened when, when God announced to Abraham and he announced to Sarah that they were going to have a child? And when she would be, she didn't know at that time, it'd take so long, but she would be 90 years old and Abraham would be 100. And about that time, she was about 75 years old when he shared with her, hey, God's told me you're going to have a child. And she did what? She laughed. She didn't believe it. So he had already been tested by his family. He had been tested by his, by his nephew. He had been tested by his wife. He was later tested by his neighbors. But now he's being tested by God. Remember this. Satan tempts us to bring out the worst in us, and God tests us to bring out the best in us. Remember that when a difficult time comes. Satan tempts us to bring out the worst, but God tests us to bring out the best. And so Abraham was being tested by God. Now the point is, the most severe test doesn't come from our family, doesn't come from our friends, doesn't come from our neighbors, but the most severe test that we have comes from the Holy God. So fathers, men, everyone, God has a test assigned to you and assigned to me. And it may be with a family, it may be with a job, it may be with our health, it may, it may be with, you know, we don't know what it's going to be. The point is, in order for God to give me the same compliment that he gave Abraham, there must be a test, a sign. But secondly, I notice something else. There must not only be a test assigned, there must be a trip taken. Now, Abraham got up the next morning. He saddled his donkey. He takes two men with him. He takes his son Isaac, and they start on the journey. They're walking together. He's going to this place where God told him to go. And now on the third day, he could see that place at a distance. Verse 5, notice what he said. Verse 5, and Abraham said unto his young men. Now this is important in that he separates himself and his son from everyone else. It's just him and his son in this interaction. So Abraham said to his young men, abide here where the os and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So you can see the transaction is not with with, Ab with the father and the son and other people. It's just the father and the son. Kind of the way it was at the cross. No one there but the father and the son. Disciples had fled, turned to darkness, great darkness over the earth. Everyone went home. All the people separated, just the father and the son. It's a beautiful picture, Abraham and Isaac as God and Jesus. You have that same picture here with Abraham and Isaac. And in verse 6, notice what he says in verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it up on Isaac's shoulders. See the imagery? See the likeness? So he takes the wood, he laid it on the back of his son, if you remember, Christ carried his own wood, his own sacrifice. 
the cross. And then suddenly this boy, you know, he, he asks a question. He simply said in verse 7, he says, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Hey, behold the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Father, here's the fire, here's the wood, but where's the lamb? And in verse 8, he says, My son, God will provide the lamb. Look at verse 9. After they came to the place where God told him, Ab and Abraham built an altar there. He laid the wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son, laid, the, laid him on the altar upon the wood. So they came to this place. It was a summit. It was a mountain range. And Abraham built the altar. And when he finished building the altar, he laid the wood on the altar. And then he bound his son. He bound his and Sarah's son. He didn't bind Hagar's and Abraham's son, but he bound the seed of the promise, Isaac. The promise was made to Isaac, the firstborn of Abraham and Sarah. Promise was made, and here God has told him to take the life of the son in which the promise would come. So he bound his son, Sarah's son, the son of the promise, and he laid the wood on him. Verse 10, verse 10 says, Abraham stretched forth his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. So he stretches out his hand. Beautiful sermon slide that Kyle found for me in regards to bringing the dagger down, but all of a sudden you have a hand that stopped that hand, his hand. So the big question here, Abraham, are you going through with this? Are, are you going to take the life of your son? And I'm sure as on Isaac's mind also, he's on the wood. And so he brings his hand back, and you're thinking, are you really going to do this? But he was really going to do it. Question, are you going to do this? And his question, answer was, I have to obey God. I have to obey God. I don't know all the details. I don't understand it. But I have to obey God. Now, some of you may be going through the same thing right now. You have a task assigned. You're waiting for your trip. Some of you have a task assigned and... You're waiting for your trip, but then some of you are already on the trip. And you may be to the point where you see the mountain summit. Some of you may have not seen the summit yet. Some of you are looking at the summit. You may be at the point where you've arrived and you're already building the altar. You may be at the point of just laying on the wood. And so remember, your test and your trip are proven are disproving your faith in God. Your test and the trip are proven or disproving your faith in God. Then third, I'll close with this. Third, you have the triumphed experience. Verse 11 through 13, notice what he says. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou 
anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy only son from me. You've been obedient. Now, like I said, God knew what Abraham would do. Abraham really didn't know what he'd do till he got there. You're there. So we have a choice. We have a choice. The point is, just when you think it's the bleakest, just when you think it is the most hopeless situation, God will always come through with the rescue. That's what he did for Abraham. That's what he's done for me. That's what he's done for you many times. What he did for Mike Grissom last week. Got a fantastic testimony. So the person, the point is, any person that God saves, any person that God calls by his Holy Spirit, and they submit to that call and call out to God to save them, any person that God saves will be tested. Now, why is that? To strengthen our faith. It's the whole message. To strengthen our faith, to establish us, to put us in the place, to make us useful to him. Why is the test? To strengthen our faith, to establish us, to put us in the place that he wants us, and then third, to make us useful to him. Here's what it all amounts to. It's not about you. It's, it's not about you, but it's all about him. All about him. Now notice what happened afterwards. You know, the task assigned, the trip made, the triumph experience. Abraham, in verse 14, and I'm finished. In verse 14, Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, still called that, the Mount of the Lord and it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and by myself have I sworn the oath, for because thou hast done this thing, thou hast not withheld thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, multiply, here's the covenant again, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and the sand as the seashore, and the seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Abraham goes to this mountain, has the test, had a triumphant victory, and now he names the mountain Jehovah-Jireh. You know, that is the same mountain that Solomon's temple was built upon. That is the same mountain ridge that you'll find Golgotha and that, uh, in, the, in the Greek and... and uh, Agagatha in the Greek and Calvary uh, in, in the Latin. Same mountain ridge. So you had Isaac on the altar. You have Solomon's temple built there. And that same mountain ridge, you have where God raised up his own son as a sacrifice for your sins and my sins. And on this mountain, Abraham offered his son. And on this mountain ridge, God offered Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for sin. And that place is called Jehovah-Jireh, which means Jehovah will prevail. Here's the question, men, fathers, everyone. Do you cherish to have the same 
compliment or the honor pronounced on you by God that was pronounced on Abraham? Do you cherish, would you cherish that? To have God to say, and now I know that you trust me, that your faith is in me. Now I know that you fear God. There must be a test assigned, a trip made, and a triumph experienced. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to look at a father, this person called Abraham. We thank you for our time. Thank you, Lord, that through our testing that we become stronger in our faith. There's that faith we say we have. There's a faith we have. It's going to be tested. Mine's going to be tested. Already has from time to time. All of our faith has been tested if we're believers. Why is that? To, to grow us in faith. So thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time this morning. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name.